This is USA Takedown, the best guests, all the hot news and predictions on combat sports of wrestling and MMA with your host, the true American, Scott Casper. Connect with him now on social media and check out usatakedown.com. Now, it's time for USA Takedown. Hello again, everybody. It is USA Takedown from the Wild Rose Casino Studios, downtown Des Moines, Iowa. It is USA Takedown. Scott Casper with you and uh, Kira Jones producing the program. She's going to open up her mic today and involve herself in the conversation with our guests that include Dr. Enoch Francois, uh, Citadel head coach Ryan LeBlanc, John Suortis, head coach Cal Poly, a lot of uh, news and information coming out of Cal Poly these days and California, and we'll be talking about that. Bernie Truax and Evan Wick will be joining us. But we start the program with a uh, young man. He's a, been granted head coaching uh, uh, position at his uh, his school of choice, uh, and we happily endorse him as well. And that's Nick Becker. Nick Becker has been named the head coach at UW Parkside, that uh, wonderful Division Two program up in the great state of Wisconsin. He joins us now. Does Nick Becker? Nick, welcome on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. How are you? I'm great, Scott. Thanks for having me. Um, sounds like you got a good lineup today, and I'm honored to start off the show for you guys. Yeah, starting it off with a bang in Wisconsin. We love Wisconsin, the Dells, Baraboo, et cetera, uh, Madison, oh, yeah. obviously. But uh, there's a lot going on in the backyard of the Ranger program, and uh, your hire uh, was, I think a needed hire number one, but you become the fourth coach in Parkside history. Uh, that's, and by the way, Jim, I think was your coach, right? Uh, he wasn't actually my head coach, but he was a, he was a mentor to me. Um, when I, when I came here to Parkside and he lived right down the street from campus and uh, I w- was able to build a great relationship with him. And, um, throughout my college wrestling career, he, he helped me tremendously, but yeah, he was our head coach. Coach Jim Cook was our head coach for 44 years here, and he really laid a, a strong foundation for our program and developed great relationships with not only the alumni but uh, um, everyone on campus and in the community. So um, with that foundation, I just look to build on it. There's a lot of alumni still involved in our program, and um, it's a great time to be a Parkside wrestling fan. I think it is too. Um, and by the way, he loved that campus, and the campus – and uh, individuals in our sport have ultimate respect for him. And uh, that's pretty cool to be mentored by somebody like that. Now, it was Andrew Gavin that actually hired you. Um, how difficult was the uh, process? Uh, it was actually quite the lengthy process, uh, to be honest with you. It was a, about a nine-hour interview on campus. I think there was around 30 applicants, and then it uh, they narrowed it down to three individuals. And I got a, it was actually interesting. I got a FaceTime call from him uh, one day, and I was like, what, what, is, what is the athletic director FaceTiming me for? So <laughs> he offered me uh, the position over FaceTime and then asked me to, to come in the next day and uh, kind of unveil the announcement with the, all the wrestlers on the team because they didn't have a, a head coach for about two months. So right. uh, I know they were itching at the guys on the team were itching to see who their next head coach would be. And, um, it was, it was a very cool experience that day, uh, walking in the wrestling room and all the, all the guys were there, uh, with, with open arms and welcoming me. But as far as Andrew Gavin, um, he's, he's been with this university here for four years and 
I mean, he's a great addition for mm-hmm. for this athletic department. I mean, right now we're going through a million dollar renovation to our competition gym, and wow. right right when he got hired, we did a hundred thousand dollar renovation to our wrestling room um, and honored that and the late coach Jim Cook. So, from a facility standpoint and resources, uh, Parkside's got it going on, and I, I have everything in my tool belt to build this program to be the top in Division Two, and I understand that's not going to happen overnight, but I wake up every day with a positive attitude and uh, love the position I'm in right now. And I do too. Um, I think it's an excellent opportunity to carry on that which you learned, on, not only as a student athlete, uh, but in your formative years as a coach. It's It's got to be thrilling for you to, to work with these student athletes and be so close to them in age as you really are. Let's face it, it's not. You know, it's much easier for a 26 or a 30 year old to relate to an 18 year old than it is say a 50 year old to relate because, uh, life does go on and life does change. How important was uh, your family in, uh, the preparation for you accepting this position? Yeah, they were huge. I mean, they gave me all the support I needed. This was actually my first job interview I ever had. And, uh, two of my older brothers, they're police officers and in Wisconsin here. So they've been through interview processes and they helped me. And then my other brother, he's the assistant athletic director at Parkside. So he was obviously kind of shunned out of the whole interview process. Um, but he gave me great advice going into the interviews, kind of what to expect. Uh, we obviously did some mock interviews, me and my brother Craig. So that helped out a lot. And, um, really overall throughout my whole life, my family has, has been, you know, my core foundation and anything I need in life, if um, they're always there to, to help me and guide me along the way. So I credit my family and obviously friends and sure. uh, those close to me for, for my successes, not only on the mat, but also off the mat. It was 2018 when you graduated Parkside. I do want to ask, um, yeah. people often mention UW Parkside, UW Lacrosse, et cetera, okay? And yep. then they, then they mentioned Madison, et cetera. How are the schools, how are the uh, uh, state universities like yours uh, affiliated? Can you describe that situation? Yeah. So, well, first off, uh, we're all kind of under the UW system umbrella, what they call it. So UW-Madison, UW-Parkside, UW-Oshkosh, Lacrosse, like you said. Right. Um, the unique thing is with UW-Parkside is we're the only Division II school in the state of Wisconsin. So us and UW-Madison are the only two schools that have wrestling that are able to offer athletic scholarships, which put us in a really unique position. Mm-hmm. And then all the other UW system schools, they're all Division Three, um, and they all compete um, in their own conference together. So we're in a completely separate conference when it comes to wrestling compared to like a UW-Whitewater or UW-Lacrosse. So we're, this, we're going in our second year in the Northern Sun Conference, which – I think is the best conference in Division Two. Uh, we got St. Cloud, Mankato, Augustana, Upper Iowa, uh, and then a few other schools up in uh, North Dakota and South Dakota. So, and then Minnesota. So it's a very, very competitive conference, and I love the love that we're in it. We have a set dual schedule, so we get four home duels every year. Um, we're going to start offering season ticket packages, which is something we were never able to do in the past because we just didn't have a consistent home schedule, but now joining the Northern sun, it's, it's really going to be a huge asset to our program. Now coming back to the program, right. Yeah. As, as a head coach, 
you really have been following in the footsteps of your brothers. You are the youngest. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Brad was there in 06, Kyle 08, Craig uh, 11, right? 2011. All of uh, were... Yeah, Craig graduated in 2010. He won 2010. Okay. national title as a senior in 2010. But all of these guys were high achievers. They were all All-Americans for the Rangers, right? Yep. So uh, my brother Brad, he's the oldest. He was a national champ in, I believe, 2006. And then Kyle, he was an All-American. He's the second oldest. And then Craig, he won a national title in 2010. And then, yeah, then I got here in 2015. And the rest is kind of history. You know what's interesting to me, and Kira, this is about the transition of our sport. And we were talking about that off air, right? How Mm -hmm. the sport was when we went on the air 30 years ago right? The sport was losing programs seemingly Mm -hmm. every day, every week, every month throughout the years. And we challenged people to change your vocabulary, to change the descriptor that you are using when talking about wrestling. People don't want to be a part of a sinking ship, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I told Gable and Douglas, Bobby Douglas and Dan Gable, I said, change your vocabulary because what you say people are listening to and they internalize it. So what we've done literally since the beginning, this program went on the air, we've turned the language and turned the tide. We've been a part of that tide uh, that has turned in favor of wrestling. We're watching wrestling grow across the country at all divisional levels. I don't care if you're NAI, JUCO or what have you. It doesn't matter to me. As long as there's wrestling opportunity for our kids out there, I'm in a good place. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Nick, but I, I bet you agree with me, right? <laughs> no, absolutely. hundred percent. I mean, even in the past five, six years, I think wrestling has really made some steps up with in, in publicity and then the addition of, of women's wrestling at many college mm-hmm. institutions. I think it's just going to continue to grow. And even at Parkside here, our administration has discussed uh, about adding a women's program here, which I think would be great for the sports, obviously great for our university and the state of Wisconsin. Well, we're seeing what it's doing for Grandview University here in Des Moines, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And, and, it, and that's the kind of tale you see across the country where once there was only a few sprinkling programs, Hawaii, California, Texas. Uh, now you're seeing wrestling being offered. And where there's wrestling for women, guess what? The men are in less danger of being cut. As a matter of fact, more uh, 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 assets are being uh, delivered for the use of the wrestling uh, programs. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Nick Becker's our guest, Wisconsin Parkside, new head coach, just uh, a few short weeks ago. And his credentials on the mat are really unprecedented. It was a, a great approach, I think, to leading and mentoring young men that uh, most likely helped sway the department. But I want to challenge you on something. Okay? <laughs> when Andrew Gavin uh, calls you up and you've been practicing for this interview, with your brothers. Were there firearms involved? I mean, them being cops? No, no, no. <laughs> They're, uh, well, one of them, he's a lieutenant, so he's more in the office these days rather than getting out in the field. And then my other brother, he's uh, actually, he handles firearms on a daily basis. He's a search warrant specialist. So oh, wow. he uh, tracks down all the bad guys that have warrants out for their arrest, and they're both with the same police department. So it's a pretty... Uh, Pretty cool story those two guys have, too. And then two of my cousins who also wrestled they, uh, for the same high school as us, they're in that same department as well. So it's kind of a family atmosphere there as well. So low-pressure low, low pressure jobs. 
Yeah, yeah, very, very low pressure. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got to ask you about a young man um, that finished third at the NCAA Division II Championships, and it's Royo. Can you talk yep. to us about uh, the trail he led through U- UW Parkside and then on to training at Jackson Wink in uh, Texas? Uh, or is it in New Mexico? I think it's New Mexico. Um and by the way, Jackson, perhaps one of the greatest, if not the greatest MMA coach in the country, uh, the work he's done with Cub Swanson and others, but he's been down there since what, 16, uh, you know, preparing for a career that continues or is a continuation, I think of that, which he learned on the mat, his educational pursuits were different. Uh, perhaps it would lead you to believe that he would have gone into sociology or, or, uh, you know, a variety of different areas, but certainly not in the ring. I disagree. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a great ambassador for our, for our university and mm-hmm. our, our wrestling program. And, and he's the type individual that, you know, didn't have the, the success he wanted as a, as a college wrestler here at Parkside. But um, I think when, once he graduated here, he still had that itch to compete and, right. and make a name for himself. And, it's taken him five years to get to this point, but um, he's actually airing next week for the Ultimate Fighter. He's actually going to fight on the show, uh, the Ultimate Fighter show on ESPN. So he's excited for that. I keep asking him, you know, because obviously he knows if he won or lost, but he's under a non-disclosure agreement, so he can't tell anyone. <laughs> but I'm excited to watch him watch him fight next week. And um, really, I mean, this is a big opportunity for him, and he knows it if he can really make a name for himself in these next couple of weeks in the ultimate fighter. So I'm very happy for him. He's a proud alumni and we're proud to say that he's one of ours too. Amen. Amen. And you know, the, the, the networks are really sensitive to, uh, keeping people on those non-competes. Okay. I did, yep. I did a, a women's fight show where they all lived in a house. It was for NBC and, uh, we had to film the main event or the final, if you will, in St. George, Utah. Okay. So we drove up there in, in limousines and we're wined and dine with the Kings and Queens, <laughs> you know, the routine, but it was so much fun because, um, uh, when we got up there, uh, there was nobody in this arena except for the corners, the fighters, the producers, cameramen, and me. And of oh. course, the only guy to get it wrong in the final fight of the night was me. I actually announced the loser <laughs> as the winner. You know, quite frankly, the two, two, the two women looked a lot alike, but boy, they, if they could have killed me, they would have, I mean, they, <laughs> they, they were so competitive at that point. So I, I get that, uh, that, that non-disclosure agreement, but, uh, what, what better guy could you have? I don't think you could find a better guy to represent the university on, uh, the great visible stage that is ESPN. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's an exciting time. That's for sure. So talk to us a little bit about recruiting. I mean, your recruits have to be great student athletes. Okay. And they have to have a high desire to learn because they don't want to drag the athletic department down in terms of APR. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, overall, um, the team that's been passed down to me, they're all great students, uh, for the most part. So this past year we had over 20 guys with a 3.0 and then we had nine guys with over a three, five. And then, four guys had 4.0. So I guess the foundation, again, I keep talking about that, but the foundation of our uh, student athlete success in the classroom is also there. But 
I mean, even the guys I'm looking to bring in are, are guys that have over a 3.0 GPA and um, want to get a good degree. And all the recruits I tell are, I, I was in the same situation. You got to figure out life after wrestling and what you're going to do. And I know a lot of a lot of uh, recruits now are tunnel vision. They just want to go and wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. But um, try to tell them, hey, we got to pump the brakes. You know, we got to really focus on our academics, mm-hmm. and then um, wrestling comes second. Uh, so, but yeah, we're in a good situation here too at Parkside as far as um, academic scholarships go. So any in, out-of-state student that has over 3.0, we can offer them academic scholarship money right away. So that 3.0 mark is huge for high school uh, student athletes. I, I tell all the guys I'm recruiting, make sure you get that 3.0 because really they can get anywhere between a five and $8,000 scholarship depending on how high their GPA is right off, right off the gates, which we all know how expensive college tuition is nowadays and all the other expenses related to it. So getting um, an academic scholarship on top of athletic scholarships is very huge for these incoming recruits. And we're in a unique place, like I said, at Parkside, where we can offer both. And we're in a location where I can recruit out of Michigan, Illinois, obviously Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota. So, and not to say that I don't uh, recruit individuals from coast to coast, but really try to focus my recruiting in the Midwest and finding the right student athletes that fit our program. Coach, it's good to talk to you. I'm super happy the Parkside Rangers are in good hands, and they truly are. You're a dedicated individual to the sport and to those that you are teaching and coaching. Um, good luck. We're going to have you back on for sure, but... Um, it's, it's pretty awesome. cool that they welcome you back at Par- Parkside this time as head coach of a storied program. Good job out of you today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Scott. You guys have a great day. Go Rangers. There, it's, I, what coach doesn't end with that, right? Gotta. <laughs> I love Gotta that. get your brand out there. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> it's all about branding. Thanks, Nick. God bless. All right. Um, when we come back, we're going to take a quick time out, but when we come back, we're going to head to California. And that'll be the very uh, essence of the balance of the show, with the exception of our interview with Ryan LeBlanc at the Citadel, because we'll go from the West Coast uh, to uh, the East Coast, then back to the West Coast for Dr. Enoch Francois. What we're trying to do is give you a flavor, a taste of what is going on in California. It's important. We'll talk to Evan Wick. He's next on USA Takedown. Scott Casper with you. Stay tuned. There's more of our program and you. All guests on USA Takedown appear on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Joe Rogan said, that stuff is awesome. I just ordered a ton of it and use it every day. Defense Soap, it's what the pros use. All right, welcome back to the show. Uh, Joey Krebs, our West Coast correspondent, good friend, had this idea that, you know, so much activity is taking place in California that we should do a show with the primary emphasis being on that, which is California and all things California wrestling. And I didn't disagree. As a matter of fact, when he said, hey, Evan Wick has just announced that he'll be headed home to wrestle at Cal Poly for the Mustangs for his final year of eligibility, which is 2021-22. And I thought, you know what? I love the Wick family. I love Evan. I love his brothers. 
Luca, by the way, is huge right now. I mean, size wise, dude is amazing. But uh, we're going to talk with uh, the head coach there at Cal Poly, uh, John Saritas. Sur- Sur- pardon me, Saritas. And uh, we're going to start the California segment of our program today with the man himself. It's Evan Wick. Evan, good morning. How are you? I'm doing pretty great, Scott. How are you doing? Good talking with you again, man. I'm very good now that I get you on the show. Hey, um, you know, your family, and we've all traveled together, right, uh, to a variety of different events around the country. Uh, you've been, uh, you know, always able to go home and celebrate that which you've learned and, you know, trade it off to others. In other words, teach others what you've learned. Um, going back to California, specifically to the Cal Poly Mustangs for that final year of eligibility, it's got to be a pretty special opportunity indeed. You had opportunities to go elsewhere for that final year besides Cal Poly. Um, what what was the deciding factor in making the decision to go to Cal Poly? When I went into the process, I knew that the most important thing that I wanted was just for me to be happy wherever I was. Um, in my competition in the past, I, I've noticed that the times that I've made the most progress or um, done the best in competition weren't necessarily when I had the greatest resources. That's part of it. That's that's pretty dang important. But it was just when I was happy, and, and you know, I think when I'm happy, I'm I'm developing. I'm focused. I'm I'm disciplined, and I, I do all the right things. And I love the sport, and I know that. When I was in high school under Coach John, I was I was really happy. John Azevedo was my right. high school coach, um, and so that was that was really the the deciding factor. And I knew going into it that that was that was what I wanted all along. But you know, Cal Poly has incredible resources as well. I mean, my high school coach John Azevedo is going to be there. My little brother Luke is going to be there. Xander's going to be around. Um, Bernie Truax is a returning All American at this point at 174. So. It just seemed like it was a perfect fit for me. And, you know, just going back to California is an incredible opportunity and something that I've been hoping that I can do. You know, I've been, there were a few years there where I was just counting down the days that I could go back to California. You know, the, the winters here are pretty tough. The winters <laughs> in most good wrestling schools are, are pretty rough. Right. But in Cal Poly, it's pretty temperate, so that 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 was definitely a determining factor. I'm definitely going to be happier in a warmer climate. Well, you've got a great coach to uh, back you and your play, and that's John Saritas. He is uh, a guy I would wrestle for. As a matter of fact, he'll be on this very program today, and I'm looking forward to that conversation. But uh, oh, yeah. you mentioned John Azevedo, okay? Um, he's affected your career and that of your two brothers. He's affected... Uh, tight Mercury Wrestling Club in ways unimaginable. I mean, you can't even describe all that he's done. His relationship with Andy Barth, one of the co-founders of the Tight Mercury Wrestling Club, and all that money that he puts into the athletes that uh, wrestle under that banner, I think is tremendous. But Azevedo is one of those guys that puts his blessings on these athletes and extends that knowledge. He's a great coach, is he not? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I, I give him 100% of the credit to mm-hmm. where I am now. Wow. He just, not only did he help me technically develop as a wrestler, but he just instilled a passion for wrestling in me. He's just a guy who's so incredibly excited about the sport and he devotes so much time and commitment and, um, he, he loves the sport and he loves giving back. And 
that kind of wore off on me. Um, in high school, I remember I would just during lunchtime I would I would go into the wrestling room and watch wrestling videos with Coach John for 45 minutes. You know, and, and that was huge for me deciding that I I wanted to pursue wrestling. Right. You know, in my future, and I wanted to be a college wrestler, so I give him 100 percent of the credit of my progression and my love for the sport. You know, with Luca deciding that he wants to be a uh, wrestler at Cal Poly as well. As a matter of fact, he'll be a true freshman uh, under Cerritos, but he will be joining you on that campus, and that's how you two will continue to reconnect. I love the I love the passion that you and your brothers have for each other and supportive of each other in your desire to be successful in the sport. But I think it's a, a, a better statement on, on truly how you guys were raised. Uh, your mother's a, a dear friend, your dad. I love, I love as well, but this is a family that really understands wrestling and what it can do and how much you can give back to it. Would you say the challenge for you is really not just going back to Cal or going back to, um, to California, but Cal Poly and that whole understanding of the sport Talk about a school that really has endorsed the sport. Can you talk about that? Yeah, well, I mean, just talking about my parents firstly, that I don't I don't think they could have raised us any better when it comes to being competitors and, and sportsmen in, right. in the sport of wrestling. I mean, you look at I, – I coach at AWA, and there's a lot of great parents here, but, man, my, my parents, they never yelled at me and my brothers for, for underperforming, and they just understood that we loved the sport and we had to drive ourselves to, to be great. Right. They saw that and they never wanted to impose their will on us. They just 100% supported the entire way, which was incredible. And to have that kind of discipline on, on their part to, you know, it's probably frustrating to watch your kids. You know, you put so much time into your kids and maybe they don't, they don't perform the way you thought they would. That's probably frustrating, but my parents never, ever seemed frustrated. They're just completely supportive the entire way through. You know, and so that kind of support is something that I also looked for in, in in the program that I was going to and at Cal Poly. I know the coaches are just completely supportive of their athletes. That's another situation where it's hard to have the discipline. You know, your your job is on the line as a coach. You need these guys to perform, but at the end of the day, I think the best coaches are the ones who kind of they they leave that at home, that anxiety home, and and they support their athletes whether or not they're performing well. And they understand that their athletes want to win more than the coaches do. You know, I, I, when I go out there on, at, at, at NCAA's, I want to win more than any coach who's been in my corner. Like I want to win for myself <laughs> more than my coach wants me to win. So that's that's super important for coaches to understand. And I've talked with a lot of the Cal Poly wrestlers, and they they know that their coach has their back, whether it's Coach Chris Chinuma, Sean Paz, or, or John Cerritos. Um, so that was an incredibly important to me and, you know, I'll be able to wrestle. Hopefully I'll be able to wrestle, um, after college at the SoCal RTC, which is a development. Um, Cal Poly has so many incredible things going on with the RTC. Um, and they've got a lot of great resources going on and talk about a program that, you know, my high school coach, John Azevedo was the head coach at Cal Poly right. a, a while back. I think probably uh, I want to say close to 10 years ago now. And he talked about it back then. It was kind of rough for him, you know, like the, the, the school didn't really support wrestling, but now you go there and it just seems like the entire administration um, is on board and the coaching staff is, is doing incredible things to, to get the sport um, 
front line at Cal Poly. And you see that now. I mean, Bernie Truex was just voted the the um, athlete of the year at the right. school, which is super awesome to see that, that, that the athletic department has the wrestling's back and they're going to vote him as the athlete of the year. He deserves it, man. But, you know, wrestling, we've seen a lot of times wrestlers deserve things that they don't get uh, at their own <laughs> school. So. But, uh, yeah. I, I have a quick question for you. So we were mm-hmm. talking a little bit about uh, before we even went on air this morning. We were talking a little bit about wrestling in California. Are there any specific differences that you can see or feel from wrestlers in your area where you might travel to our neck of the woods here in the little old Midwest and go, wow, we do things completely different. Like, is there a California, a California style of, of wrestling? Um, there's definitely a California style. Um, and I would say there's a lot more emphasis on neutral wrestling. You see a lot of California wrestlers excel on their feet. They do incredibly well there. Um, California wrestlers are a little bit more flashy. They like to entertain the fans a little bit more. Where I think the the Midwest definitely emphasizes the grind. You know they like that. You know you guys are in Iowa. You know a lot of people around here like the Iowa mentality of we're going to grind and we're going to work super hard and it's going to be tough, but we're going to push through it. Where I think California, um, I think they like to have a little bit more fun with what they're doing, whether it's for the good or for the bad. I knew some guys who who had fun and trained hard, but I knew some guys who <laughs> had fun and didn't train very hard at all. But um, I think that's probably the big distinction is here in the Midwest, they take the Iowa grind to heart and people take wrestling very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, in California, they take it very seriously, but in a different way. You know, they like to have fun with it. They like to think of new ways to train. And, you know, I remember playing a lot of games. And Coach John is probably, I would say, one of the most intense California coaches I've ran into, but we played games like, every every day for warm-up so i would say um california might be a little bit more fun to uh <laughs> to wrestle in you know you get the you get the good weather you get the 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 beach the lighter training style so I, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> for that as well and by the way at cal poly they say check your surfboard at the gate so do, do not bring surf. no they don't <laughs> um our guest evan wick recently announced that uh, he will be attending cal poly for his final year of eligibility is there another year available to you should you want it due to COVID? Um, I don't think there is. I mean, um, knock on wood, let's hope something doesn't go south this next year with, with COVID. Right. But I, I don't think I'll be awarded a, another year. Um, I, although I didn't take this year, you know, this year was a free year. Um, maybe at some point they'll say, hey, you didn't take that free year. We'll give you another one. Um, at that point, I'd have to kind of reassess the situation. Right. I've been in college for six years now, man. I already got people commenting on the Instagram posts like, this guy's still in college? What's going on? He graduated already? <laughs> but um, so I'll, we'll, we'll see when, when I get there. Um, I don't want to make a decision at this point. You know, At, at one point in my life, I, I would have said, I'm for sure taking it. You know, the, like this sport is my life. But at this point, you know, this sport is definitely my life, but I want to do what's best for me and what's best for my future. And maybe what's best for my wrestling future isn't college wrestling. It's freestyle wrestling. You know, it's it's jumping into that that world and and finally starting to uh, see what that's about and seeing where I'm at there and committing to that. 
you know, you I know. see, I see California style. Okay. My opinion, right. Um, mm. is it's more, as you said, on the feet style of wrestling or closer to freestyle. You've been very impressive, uh, on the freestyle circuit. As a matter of fact, you took fourth at the Olympic trials with wins over incredible athletes, Logan Massa, Chance Marsteller, Thomas Gant. Um, but I think the most important thing is you view every time you have the opportunity to get on the mat as a learning opportunity. What did you learn from the Olympic trials? Well, I think, I don't think I learned too much from any one tournament. You know I mean? I mean, I think that the biggest thing this year was, just having my own training, um, really trying to uh, have more fun in the sport, mm-hmm. open up and relax on the mat. You know, and I think if there's anything I learned from that that experience at the Olympic trials, I wrestled very relaxed. I was very relaxed and, and I stayed in solid position the entire time, technically. Right. Um, so I think just having a solid base, not reaching when I tie up, things like that um, was really important. I learned that at the olympic trials but most importantly just staying relaxed i wrestled very uh conservative my last few years in college just you know put a little bit too much pressure on myself but when i went to the olympic trials you know if any place that's the place to to choke you know that's the place to hold back and get scared but i wrestled to the best of my abilities yeah and i think that that was because i was relaxed and i trusted my training i trusted what i was doing um and I loved what I was doing. I was super excited for that tournament. That was very apparent, by the way. You absolutely do. The family being supportive, your training partner, uh, Bernie Truax, he'll be next, by the way, on the program. I'm really excited to to talk to him because he's a sophomore. You're going to be going in as a senior, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that that is that uh, passing along of knowledge that you are so very good at. I'm extremely grateful that... um, uh, Stanford kept their program. Cal Poly has elevated, uh, Chris to associate head coach. I mean, all of a sudden there's activity in a positive sense in California, uh, with great coaches heading there, great wrestlers heading there or heading home in your case. And, um, I think the future looks a whole lot brighter today than it did say even three months ago. Uh, California, oh my gosh, yeah. don't you think, I mean, I'm so enthused right now. And so is Joey Krebs. That's one of the reasons he wanted to do a show with so much emphasis placed on California. And we have this special song that uh, we've been playing as bumper music. And uh, I don't know if you know who it is, but um, perhaps we can play a little bit of it for you. Where's it at? I got it. I got it. <laughs> is, this, is it going back to Cali? Yes. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Oh, yeah, Get that, this man yeah. a prize. <laughs> even even Mark not... Ironside knew the song. <laughs> Who, who sings it? Yeah, LL Cool J. LL Cool J. He's got a few songs. He's a little, I don't really know too many of his songs. He's a little older, but I love that. I know that song. I think everyone knows that song. That's a good one. I do too, buddy. Hey, best to your mom and dad. Best to your brothers. I'm super happy for you. Continued success. Injury free, okay? Yes, sir. I'll do everything I can. Evan Wick has been our guest. He'll be heading to Cal Poly. And the Mustangs will be much richer for his presence, along with his brother, younger brother, that Luca. He'll be a true freshman in the same year, 21-22. God bless. John Cerritos doing things right out there, attracting great, great talent like Evan Wick. Evan, thanks. Thanks, guys.
Thank you, Scott. There we go. Evan Wicks heading to the showers. We're going to join up with his uh, training partner as we continue our California special, as as it were, uh, returning All-American Bernie Truax is next on USA Takedown. Scott Casper with you today. Glad you're with us. Remember, this program brought to you in part by our friends at Defense Soap. Defense Soap, keep your athletes happy, healthy, and on the mat and use Defense Soap in all that you do. You'll be happy you did. Stay tuned. More coverage of wrestling and MMA continues after this timeout here on USA Takedown, only on 1350 ESPN. Des Moines Sports Leader. Welcome back. Welcome back to the program. USA Takedown. Scott Casper, Kira Jones at the helm of the mothership. We're doing it coast to coast, border to border, spending an inordinate amount of time on California today. There's a reason because we have great wrestlers out there. Evan Wick is returning. His workout partner is joining us now. 174 pounder, a true all American in every sense of the word. Bernie Truax, the fourth. (laughs) Bernie, good morning. How are you? Bernie, are you there? Yes. How are you doing? Good, man. Uh, Good talking with you. Thanks for joining us today as we uh, study a bit on California. There's a uh, a shift, I think, in in what the wrestling world would know as former California to what is now known as the current. There's a lot of attention being uh, given to California wrestling, and you're one of the reasons why. Do you feel it? Yes, it's exciting. You are Cal Poly's first national semifinalist in 10 years uh, and the first Mustang Wrestling All-American since 2012. Uh, first of all, you've got a great workout partner in Evan Wick, right? Correct. I'm <laughs> super excited for him to come. It's going to be a big change in like, momentum for the program. I'm really excited to see how it's going to play out. Interestingly enough, um, he beat uh, Logan Massa at the... Um, 74 Olympic, 74 kilo Olympic trials last month. Uh, and then you, you beat him prior to that, um, as well. You defeated Logan of Michigan, by the way, for a second time in the wrestleback semifinals. Uh, talk to us a little bit about him because, you know, there was a lot being said about him as he approached college, but, um, he's literally one of the best in the country, making you even better than he. Yeah. The, the kid's super tough. He works like, super hard i mean he didn't stop coming at me the entire match like he he kept the pressure on just kept coming and coming and coming i was like i was just hoping i could sneak one in and then during the first match i was like all right i just need to get one in just take down one of the opportunities present itself right and then the second match it was just a dog fight like it was point after point and then (laughs) (laughs) i would end up with a higher score than he had and it worked out, and they ended up winning like eight seven or something like that. Right, and you know, but, and I describe those matches as dog fights, a real punching battle. And you can have that in football. You can have it in a lot of sports when both teams are hitting on all cylinders. In wrestling, uh, it's that athlete. Each athlete is hitting on all, all cylinders uh, because, as much as it is a team sport, it's even more so an individual sport. And that's how we get to see guys like you just absolutely shine. You became a great story for Cal Poly in your performance in St. Louis, but I got to believe that the best is yet to come. Agree or disagree? 100% agree with that. 
hundred percent agree with that. I think it's, it's a tremendous thing. It's a tremendous gift that, um, Evan is providing you, even if not directly, indirectly, because you will be working out with him more intensely, uh, as a member of the Cal Poly Mustangs during that final year of eligibility for him, 21, 22, but it's you, is it your sophomore year or no, it'd be so, your junior year, right? Yeah. So I've done three years, but because of COVID, I have three more years to go. So I still have a lot of time. Well, we are working valiantly on getting LL Cool J, since everybody's going back to Cali, I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm working valiantly on getting LL Cool J to a home meet at Cal Poly. That'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? That'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to put Joey on that. He's He seems to be able to get anything done. Um, listen, I've got your coach coming up next. John Saritas is going to be joining us in a little bit. Um, there there's been a sea change, uh, for wrestling in the state of California. Uh, when Stanford announced it was dropping 11 varsity level sports, it was wrestlers who spoke up loud and proud and it was all sports combined. I think that's perhaps where Stanford made its, its biggest uh, mistake was dropping all 11 at the same time. Agree or disagree? Agree. Agree. That was uh, whoever informed them. Hey, it's <laughs> you got to drop these sports. Sure, you have the largest endowment in the world, or one <laughs> of the largest endowments in the world, but you cannot afford to spend ten million dollars a year. Oh, come on! Oh that, that this was pure politics at best. But they did acquiesce. They did crumble under the pressure from the general public, from the individual sports coaches, etc. But now you have a chance to redress, bringing more light to the state of California, Stanford in particular, uh, because of the hiring of Rob Cole, Enoch Francois, Vincenzo Joseph, et cetera. But now you, I mean, Chris gets elevated to Cal Poly to associate head coach. Yeah. I mean, people are getting what they deserve now in California. You know, when Lenny Zaleski, uh, you know, really put his heart into developing the Lancers into a D one program and a true member of the conference, I think that said a lot about what's going on in California, but it's been a, a tradition now of the last 10 years or so where we're seeing California wrestling really turning an important corner and you're part of that. Um, and I got to believe how important is the regional training center to the discussion of California wrestling? It's huge. It's, it's growing the, like the entire community's population of wrestling. It's, it's growing because now we're not only getting kids in there, but those kids will then go on and wrestle in high school, and then those kids will move on to wrestle in college. Whereas, like, beforehand, there's, like, little clubs here and there, but those kids seem to fall out. But with an RTC program, they're getting the right training, and then they're learning the right things. They're growing in wrestling. They're getting better, and then they move on to high school. They wrestle there, and then that gives them opportunities to wrestle at the college level. The majority of the California kids staying in RTC don't want to wrestle in California. So it's pretty cool, and... I think it plays a huge part in growing wrestling in California. So I'm thankful that we're working on getting one right here at home in San Luis Obispo, which is awesome. I think that would be a tremendous asset for you, for Cal Poly, for the wrestling community. Uh, I I, I got to be honest with you, though, and I've admitted this before. I was not necessarily supportive of the regional training centers because, again, as a team sport, I thought it important that the team wrestle together, train together in Colorado Springs, right? 
But now mm-hmm. you're seeing athletes getting paid, earning a living for their families, paying their bills, and being a contributing member with a, an entire goal focused on wrestling and competing on behalf of the, of the United States. You know, Evan has openly uh, thrown his hat into the ring freestyle. How about you? So, my uh, I wrestled UWW Juniors last, like two years ago, right. during like right after COVID. I think it was in like October, like or whenever it was. Wrestled there, made the uh, made the team, but because of COVID, uh, didn't get to go to Serbia and go wrestle for the United States, which is not my happiest thing, but. All right, I still get to wrestle U23s next year, and we'll see if I can make the team then. And so I'm definitely excited to see how that will play out because I think freestyle is my best style. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to wrestle in freestyle like these next coming years. You know, the battle you put up against uh, Michael Kemmer, I think, is only indicative of that which you have to offer. Uh, the score may not tell the whole story. I think the effort in getting there to that point uh, is, is phenomenal. I, I truly believe that. And, and it's the people that you surround yourself with. I mean, uh, Evan talked about John Azevedo talked about Cerritos, uh, and, and many others, but this will be the first time that Cal Poly's had a one, two punch. In other words, a return two returning all Americans, you, and then Evan. Um, and that, that is an attractant. In other words, that helps Cal Poly with recruits. Uh, and I think that those have been recruited and have taken the invitation to wrestle for a school, an institution like Cal Poly, uh, are part of the process and perhaps one of the most important parts of the recruiting process because you guys are proud members of that class. Would you agree or disagree with that? I agree. I think when people are seeing that there's there's kids that are able to go out and all American that are on the team, it brings more kids to the program and then that helps elevate the entire team as well. So it just starts somewhere and then keeps growing like that. And, and that's when things get real exciting. Mm. How supportive has your family been? Oh, they're always there helping me out. Like NCAAs, they were there and it, it was just, it was so great. Super supportive. Seeing them at the hotel afterwards, hugging them after every match on the <laughs> phone, my dad, like, yeah, they're, they're supporting me 100% in what I do. We're talking with uh, Bernie Truax, the fourth. I thought it was the junior because your dad being the senior, right? And I said, so that makes you the junior? No, I'm actually the fourth, you said. Wow. How many? <laughs> you think about it. Are yeah. these all brothers or are they uncles? or How many Bernie Truaxes are there? So it goes my great-grandpa, Bernie right. Um, my my grandpa Bernie, my dad Bernie, and then me. Well, you truly are the fourth, then. I yeah, love that. Yeah, <laughs> well, your name has not necessarily been left out there. I mean, uh, you, you your name is in conversation when you think about California wrestling, and I think that's pretty cool. When making the decision to go to school and to wrestle, uh, what other schools were in your or up and in contention for your services? So I was looking at and then that was really, I was looking between Cal Poly and Pitt. Those were the two schools that I was, like, really paying attention to. So you really, I, I, I almost said painted yourself in a corner, but it, I, I don't agree with that. I think what you did is you gave yourself an op- opportunity to get behind a program and give it everything you got. 
Um, the transfer mm-hmm. portal has become a, an important part of the discussion and how it's affecting wrestling. What are your thoughts about the next thing that's affecting sports at the collegiate level, specifically in NCAA, and that's pay-to-play? It's providing an opportunity for athletes to use their name and make money. It should have been it should have been there the entire time. That should always have been an opportunity for NCAA athletes to make money using their name. Like it was really not cool that that was right. eliminated beforehand. But now it's like, wow, like I can wrestle. Because some kids they have to work and make money over the summer or whatever it is. And now it's just like use my name to go make money and and just continue wrestling, continue pursuing my dreams mm-hmm. of like of what I want to do within wrestling instead of having to work or or whatever it is, I can use my yeah. name now. You can focus on your sport. You're not worrying about other stuff like, oh man, once the summer comes, how am I going to, how am I going to pay, you know, if I'm not traveling home, because maybe you can't afford to travel home, how am I going to pay for my, you know, dorm space right. or apartment in California where... Everybody's got living expenses, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's... It's nice to hear that these athletes can focus on what they love to do and why they're going to school instead of worrying about all this other stuff. Well, you know, I, 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 in talking with Spencer Lee last night, I'm not going to give you the uh, exact conversation because I don't want to violate uh, privilege, but um, I, I will say this. He's excited. I know you are, Bernie, uh, that finally... Uh, the court systems and the NCAA have come to an agreement that athletes and their faces, their names, their rights uh, have been violated in my estimation. And now we're starting to see that turn. I don't know what this does to the NCAA in the long term, in the long run, but I think there's a benefit. And here's the benefit. I think athletes will stay in their respective sports longer than if they're being courted by a, let's say an NBA team or a pro football team or a baseball team. You see guys that are, you know, a a junior in high school or even younger in some instances that have already signed a contract with a professional baseball team. Now, how is that ever right? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, the opportunities afforded to you and athletes like you, like Evan Wick, uh, I think are greater today than they were even two weeks ago. We knew this was going to happen, but when, and we, by the way, there have been people thinking about ways to make money with athletes for a while now, and the plans have been in the works. All of a sudden, you're starting to see these athletes, and I'll, I'll give Iowa programs. Uh, uh, there's one University of Iowa basketball player signing autographs at a fireworks store for $33. <laughs> wow. And there was a line of people. There was a line of people. That guy's guaranteed to make at least $400 that day because oh, yeah. uh, because I looked at the line and I just did the math in my head. Okay, <laughs> It's going to be interesting to see it grow and to see the opportunities increase, but that only makes it a little easier for you to stay in the sport and to continue to participate even at the highest level in your pursuit of possibly wrestling for the United States of America. It's, it's an exciting time for teams like Titan Mercury Wrestling Club, for example, as Tokyo is literally in the windshield of your car. In other words, you are heading there. You're not looking back in the rearview mirror. By the way, have you ever noticed how small a rearview mirror is compared to the size of a windshield? That's no, why you should never. always be looking forward, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> that, 
I, I heard that the other day and I'd heard it years ago and I kind of <laughs> forgot, but it absolutely makes more sense absolutely. today than ever before. Yeah. It really does. Um, how are you doing as far as, uh, health wise? Are you healthy? Yeah, I'm healthy. So I previously widened Russell at U 23s this year. So I had a knee injury, um, after nationals and I just kept pushing it off, pushing it off. And then I went to the doctor's got everything checked out. And he's like, your body is just beat up. Like, strains in my like quads my hips were messed up and then my right knee was like hype got hyperextended at nationals so that was messed up and then yeah i got a few weeks break and then now i'm feeling healthy and training again so everything's going good right now i'm able to train so i'm thankful for that i'm super psyched for you um and anybody that gets to wrestle you by the way because you bring a bright and shining light to our sport and we applaud that to uh, every degree. I'm just super happy to have you on your show or on your show. Now it's your show. It's not even my show anymore. It's your show. After 30 years, it's not my show. That's fine. That's just fine. Uh, anyway, so that would be uh, super terrific. And uh, uh, we'll have you back on, by the way. Best your dad um, and any other Bernie that's around. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's Thank one of my favorite all-time names, show. by the way. Bernie Truax. I love that name. It just trickles off my tongue. Bernie, thanks for the time today. God bless you. I know we danced around a little bit there, but I think, um, you know, that's part of just having a conversation. And I love talking about Cal Poly wrestling and what you've done to the program and what you have yet to do. So good luck to you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. <laughs> yeah, my show. You better remember yeah. that. <laughs> All right, brother. You be good, okay? You as well. There we go. Bernie Bye -bye. Truex to the showers. And uh gosh, having Evan Wick come into that room this uh this summer really, uh, but making an impact in the fall as uh, you know, Cal Poly looks to raise the tide of wrestling in the state of California. And I think they are on track to do just that. Our conversation will continue. Uh, with the head coach of Cal Poly. We're talking about Mustangs head coach, John Cerritos. That's next on USA Takedown, only on ESPN3. All guests on USA Takedown appear on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Two-time world champion Terry Brand said, we use it in our showers and in our room. Defense Soap, it's what the pros use. Welcome back to the show. It is USA Takedown, Casper and uh, Kira. I like that book, Casper and Kira. Casper <laughs> and Jones. Either way. Glad you're with us. Hour number two of the big program continues. First hour featured Nick Becker, UW Parkside, but then we took a sudden left turn and went out west to California. We enjoyed a conversation with Evan Wick, then Bernie Truax. And our next guest has been on the show before. We discussed this off air. And I think it's been four times. He's John Cerritos, head coach of Cal Poly and the Mustangs. John, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Scott. How are you? I'm good, brother. Can we turn my headphones up just a tiny bit, please? Thank you. There we go. Um, John, first of all, uh, we're going to get into talking about, you know, what your vision has been and how it's grown for Cal Poly, obviously. And part of that has to be elevating uh, Chris to associate head coach. Can you talk about that? For sure. Yeah. Coach Chewy has been a huge part of what we've been up to these last 
several years. So when we brought him on, I just noticed our, our team culture more so than anything just changed. I mean, he's got a big personality and um, what you see is what you get. And that's what we, that's what we're about here. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot about our core values. We talk a lot about, you know, long-term growth and goals and he just fit right into our system and has, you know, quite frankly done a remarkable job, not just on the wrestling mat, but, you know, also in the character development and academic side of our program. Now, when Joey Krebs, our West Coast correspondent for Takedown, um, suggested we do a special and re- uh, athletes returning to Cali, staying in Cali, uh, and utilizing LL Cool J's song, what's it called again? Uh, I think it's uh, heading back to Michigan. No, heading back to Michigan. <laughs> no, it isn't heading back to Michigan. Returning but... to Wisconsin. <laughs> Going back to Cali. That's it. That's it. Um, first of all, when you uh, recruit, as it were, he took a visit and felt very comfortable on the campus at Cal Poly, and returning back to California was very inviting to him. But when Evan Wick made the announcement, it became real. And for the rest of the wrestling world, people started to look back west to California. That's got to be very encouraging for you, for Chris. For uh, Is Sean still with you? He is. Coach Files is still with us. Okay. Um, but it has to be very encouraging because this is a high-level athlete that you're bringing on board uh, that will give you literally the best year that he possibly can in his hunt for an NCAA championship and then further as a, a potential candidate for Team USA. Talk to us a little bit about Evan Wick and his announcement. Sure. Yeah. So Evan, obviously a fantastic wrestler, you know, recruiting comes down to fit, right? Like that's, you know, that's, that's one of the biggest things that we talk about. And, um, you know, obviously when, when he entered the portal and we had opened up those conversations, you know, a big part of it was being happy. And when you're, and I agree a hundred percent, because that's how we run our program. When you're happy, you're going to go to class. When you're happy, you're going to train at a high level. So, um, so everything else seems to fall in place. So, um, so yeah, he came out here for his visit and we obviously spend a lot of time with each other on the phone, um, leading up to, and then immediately after, um, and it was just a great fit. And, you know, um, Evan is very mature, very articulate, Mm -hmm. high character. He embodies everything that we want to represent our program. And that to me outweighs any wrestling talent and skill, obviously being incompetent, being competent in wrestling is extremely important because that's our sport. But what he brings to the table is so much greater than that to our program. And his incredible family that stands behind him or stands next to him, shoulder to shoulder, really, um, was Evan's decision, um, before or after Luca committed? So it was after Luca committed, we recruited Luca for nearly two years and, um, you know, obviously it was, it was challenging working through the COVID year. Um, but you know, he's top 50 recruit and one of the, the best recruits that we signed in a really long time. And, um, you know, again, just for him, one of the most important things was knowing that he would have the structure and the capability to, to get a phenomenal degree and perform at the highest level while staying on the West coast. And, you know, we showed and, you know, explained that he could do that here at home at Cal Poly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we ended up getting Luca, which was, was a huge deal in itself. Not every program in the country has been able to make the transition that you folks have. Obviously there's a great deal of belief in what wrestling has to offer an athletic department, but Cal Poly and has really changed over, I'd say, the last 10 years uh, in, in terms of its support for the sport. Would you say that's true? 
Absolutely. It all starts with our administration. You know, when, when I came on board uh, five years ago now, you know, there was, there was just some decisions that were made regarding our program that, you know, helped us, you know, continue to, to scale up. And, you know, one of those was, you know, hiring a, you know, supporting a full-time second assistant. Before right. I got here, that was a fundraise position. Now it's part of the program. Um, some other things were supporting our operational budget at a much higher level so we can actually get out travel, recruit, bring in high-level recruits, and also go to the tournaments and competitions that we need in order to prepare ourselves for, for nationals. Um, and the second part of that is our alumni and our supporters. I mean, these guys, there's been a group of guys that have been in from day one. Wow. You know, it's, it's not a situation where, you know, all of a sudden we finished top 25 and now some donations are coming in. I mean, we've had, you know, a group of about 125 to 150 alumni that have been active and supportive uh, from day one, you know, and that helps us you know, build that momentum that we've, that we're seeing right now. John, we're seeing a, and, 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 and I'm, listen, Stanford is part of the culture. We almost lost uh, Stanford wrestling among uh, 10 other sports, but when the public outcry was so loud, the university's, you know, thankfully was smart enough to step back and rethink their decision. Uh, and then they hired Rob Cole, and then they hired Enoch Francois, and then they hired uh, Vincenzo Joseph. And I think there's one other foot that is yet to drop or another another hire to, to be uh, coming down the line. I'm just uh, interested in your opinion of reactivating that program, putting their faith in that program, and hiring a strong-level coach. What does that do to California wrestling that you've been trying so hard to do uh, out there as well? Yeah, we're very... Very thankful and, and grateful that they reversed that decision for, for all 11 sports, but, you know, specifically with wrestling. And then, you know, with Coach Borelli, you know, moving on during that during that transition, bringing in a high-level coach like Coach Cole with the level of experience that he has, I think it's it's fantastic. It's fantastic for wrestling. Right. It's fantastic for the, for the West Coast, for the state of California. You know, and honestly, for our program and for me personally, because those guys are so close. I mean, it's two hours and 15 minutes door to door. So, you know, we work very close with Stanford, um, you know, with not just with scheduling, but sometimes through the RTC and with training and, you know, being able to have, you know, a coach like Rob Cole just up the street and be able to pick his brain. I mean, he's going to raise the level of everyone around him, everyone in our conference everyone on the West Coast. So it's extremely exciting. And then to take it up one more level, the Pac-12 announcing that, you know, we're going to pursue additional affiliate members, um, among other things, to Love grow it. the conference. These are all just, you know, great, great <laughs> releases that have come out recently for the Pac-12 and for the West Coast. You know, West Coast, specifically California, has been um, kind of hanging out there, okay, uh, in the breeze. And it's not always fair, but you've been fighting the good fight. Uh, raising awareness, Lenny Zaleski doing the same. Um, Andy Barth knowing what wrestling can do and supporting various programs as he does, plus Titan Mercury Wrestling. Uh, there is that sea change, and we're all feeling it. We're all paying attention, which is why we're dedicating so much time, not only on this program, but as Joey Krebs will continually call me and say, you got to have Azevedo on. you got to have Cerritos on. And there's a reason for that. It's because we want to hear from you firsthand uh, that what you're doing, because let me tell you something, 
a good recruiting class doesn't happen magically. It happens due to due diligence. You do your work with these athletes, with the parents, and then most importantly, you make a home for these guys. Let's talk about those guys. Who are the standouts on your team? And you can throw Bernie Truax out there all you want, but there's other guys. We just got off the phone with Bernie, and uh, what a fun young man. I mean, he's... <laughs> I almost gave my show to him. It was, <laughs> but uh, he's, talk to us about, you know, your, your juniors, guys that will be seniors this year. Sure. So, you know, obviously Bernie, you know, he's a, a tremendous athlete and, you know, the coolest part about him that not many people know is that he's really made some changes in his life over the past two years. So, you know, he came in here as a little guy and was getting beat up a little bit and, you know, was never a state champion, had a little chip on his shoulder, but he always had that it factor for sure. Mm-hmm. That willingness to learn and grow and get better and just the sheer amount of grit that, you know, it takes to, you know, to compete with the best guys. And he just kept getting better and better. But to me, the most important part with Bernie is, you know, he made some changes. I mean, he struggled academically when he got to Cal Poly, you know, where our average income and GPA is way above a 4.0. So, you know, he struggled a little bit. And just recently, his grades have gone through the roof. I mean, he's getting mostly A's. I mean, um, I want to say he got a 3.8 this past quarter. So, you know, that that's just been a remarkable change for him, you know, as well as every other intangible right like his sleep patterns you know just being a great leader um taking weightlifting seriously so you know he's always been focusing on wrestling but now you know his success is starting to bleed over into other areas of his life so i'm incredibly proud of him and i think we're just seeing the beginning this isn't like bernie had one great tournament and he's a senior and he's gone you know with the covid waiver he's going to be a sophomore again next year so he's got three more years so you know he's going to be one of the faces of this program for for quite a while and hopefully fingers crossed continue to compete afterwards so um yeah and then of course you know the addition of evan wick coming in is going to give us a good shot in the arm but you're right we we got a great support staff around these guys legend lamer he was a freshman this year from oregon one of our top recruits uh retro freshman this year he's a four-time state champ uh folk style national champ Fargo Junior Freestyle All-American. A lot of accomplishments coming out of high school. His redshirt year had some nice wins. And then last year was the number nine seed at NCAAs. Ended up going two and two. Um, you know, lost lost a couple barn burners. But, you know, it was right in the mix as a freshman. And, again, with the COVID waiver, he'll be a freshman again next year. These guys are already committed to, you know, to wrestling six years instead of five. So, um, so that's pretty exciting. Legend coming back. He'll be at 49 again one more time this this next year and then he'll probably start to um to grow a little bit and then the other one i wanted to note is lawrence sign so he was a transfer from fresno state ncaa qualifier came in mid-year him and adam kent both and not that he struggled but you know never really found his stride was in matches with good guys but just recently um out in lincoln at u23s you know made it to the finals ended up getting the silver medal beat chad red who's a four-time all-american beat a couple other very very strong wrestlers to to prove that you know he can compete with top 10 guys and the best guys so you know we got we got four point scores right there um just where they're wrestling at right now and um, and there's two others just quickly. Antonio Lorenzo, um, he's a retro freshman this past year is really starting to, to mature. And I think he's going to make some noise for us. And Adam Kemp, another Fresno state transfer, son of Lee Kemp. He, uh, you know, he'll be another strong middleweight right in there with Brian Evan that can really has the aptitude to, to, you know, compete at a very, very high level. So we, we got a little bit of a team. It's not just a one or two man show here. No. And then, and that's so important, but that's been that build. Uh, that you've been experiencing because you're making it happen. 
And that's why kids like Luca, by the way, has Luca grown into a beast or what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just got on campus. I was, he, I, he took his shirt off just yesterday and I was looking at him. I was like, my goodness. I know. This guy is strong. His, his, um, <laughs> I'd be talking to his mom on the phone, right? And he'd be in the background. She said, no, don't eat that. Do that. And then he develops his own nutritional schedule of what he's putting into his body. The kid is super smart and, um, he, he understands what it takes to build that strong body. And that pays dividends when you're going into your fourth or fifth match at nationals, it pays dividends at Northwestern's, uh, Midlands. If in fact we ever see that again, God, I hope we do. Um, but every, every one of the, uh, the benefits of eating right are very, uh, uh, you know, well evidenced in the body and the life of Luca Wick. I mean, what a great kid. And he's, he's out of Murrieta, right? Yes. Yeah. So, okay. uh, San Marino high school, yep. Down South there, uh, Pasadena, LA area. So, um, yeah, we're pumped, you know, just what, like you, you have the nail. I mean, he's just a fun kid. He's fun to talk to. He's fun to be around. He's passionate. He loves wrestling. Um, you know, he had a unique situation growing up with, you know, with the twins, um, the older brothers mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, finding his own love for the sport. Um, so very cool story. And yeah, he, he's at a, a point now where he's his own man and his own wrestler. And I love that. I do you too. Know? And he's hungry. He's coming <laughs> off a, a knee injury. So he's, he's fully healed up and plans to be out at Fargo and I'm going to fly out there and, you know, watch him compete. And I'm really, really excited. Is Trevor Tinker still with the team? He is. Yes. Trevor is. All right. Is he, is it true? He's six, seven. He is. He is six seven, so I'll tell you a quick funny story about Trevor. So his his high school coach Bobby Bellamy is a good buddy of mine and a Cal Poly wrestling alumni. Coaches down at uh, Northview down in um, Southern California, and you know he reached out to us a couple times regarding Trevor, and we're like, I don't know, man, we'll see. You know, let's let's watch him wrestle. You know, there's a lot of people reaching out to us, and um, so we go to a tournament, and he's actually wrestling one of our top recruits. Ends up losing the match, but it was a barn burner. And I'm like, you know what, this guy's tough. We'll take him. You know, so he shows up to campus last summer. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, he's like 235, and he's like going like head-to-head with our heavyweight, who's not bad. So um, so we end up getting him down to 197. I think it was our second date. We're wrestling Oregon State. Um, J.J. Dixon's like ranked 20th, and Tinker goes out there, takes him down a couple times, is in this barn burner match as a true freshman, you know, not a highly ranked recruit. Um, but he's another one. He's so tall, but he's got some agility, and he's got some grit. <laughs> he's going to be good. We're going to grow him into a heavyweight after this year. And I'm telling you what, that kid, he's – He's something special. He he's got, he's definitely got it. And the coolest part is he's a four point kid. Right? Yeah. So he fits. He's right in our lane from a from an academic standpoint and also from a character standpoint. Um. So yeah, we're we're pretty pumped about him. You know, at first glance, and and just looking at a picture, not in in real life with the two of them standing side by side, but he could be a brother of Nick Simmons. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, you're right. <laughs> that same facial, that same hair, that whole bit. You know, I'm 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 very um enthusiastic about what you've been doing and, uh, getting you on the show for the fourth time. Something tells me joy's not going to let me, uh, get past another, what, six months before I have you back on because there's, there's something going on that I really can't describe. I haven't been able to put my finger on it, but I think a lot of it starts with the trust and faith from Andy Barth and, uh, uh, you know, guys that have been believing in California wrestling for a long, long time. You're one of the reasons why I think we're seeing California wrestling uh, continuing to show positive signs 
and and I love the fact that the uh, the pack is is looking and willing to uh, invite and uh, uh, put more members into uh, the competition cycle. I think it's truly a great thing. Thank you for taking the time, John, to join us today and talk a little bit about Cal Poly and some of the athletes. It's always uh, interesting to hear your point of view. It may be the left point of view, but we love it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the kind words, and thanks so much, Scott, for having us on. All right. And by the way, make sure Chris calls me back. We'll get him on the show soon, okay? All right. Will do. God bless. Here he goes, the head coach of the Mustangs of Cal Poly, and a lot of good news coming out of California. That's why we're putting so much time and effort into this program, talking about it. We're going to take a quick trip out east to uh, Carolinas, to talk to the Citadel head coach, Ryan LeBlanc. He's next. You're listening to USA Takedown, Casper and Jones. Stay tuned. There's more on ESPN Radio. Stay tuned. Think you heard everything? Stick around. You ain't heard nothing yet. More USA Takedown after this. program that uh, we are paying special attention to California, but I would be remiss if we didn't throw some, uh, shed some light on what's going on at the Citadel where the dogs run Supreme. The head coach there, the new head coach at the Citadel is Ryan LeBlanc. He joins us now on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing well, Scott. How's it going? I'm good, brother. I know that, um, you know, first I met you, you were coaching at uh, App State, right? Yeah, yeah. How did the yeah, opportunity? Go ahead. Yeah, Boone. I said, I, yeah, Boone, North Carolina. You for bet. Four years. So you go to the Low Country, <laughs> and after spending four years at App State, and uh, you you were what two? So it's been four. Is it four years? But you were promoted to co-head wrestling coach there, and uh, at App State. You, I think, what's interesting is watching you guys specifically new head coaches um, climb to the top of the rung of a ladder and really get to exercise their true wants, beliefs, uh, and pursuits for their teams. You've been able to uh, grab up a team that has high academic standards, which is a real plus for any coach in this day and age because, let's face it, one of the last problems you want to have is um, the APR, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, in the Citadel, you know, as an academy, mm-hmm. um, our institution operates a little differently than most. <laughs> and, and like you said, I think I'm really fortunate. I get to spend my days with some pretty unique individuals, you know, somebody, a lot of these guys want a different experience and they've had to do a lot of work to prepare themselves, um, to, to get here. Doing that work is part and parcel to being a wrestler in this day and age. Wrestling is has turned a corner uh, when it comes to uh, being uh, programs being added with the advent of women's wrestling uh, as well. Um, we're seeing wrestling in a much better place than it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And uh, I, I really like, uh, you know, what, what I'm seeing. What I'm also seeing is programs reinventing themselves, you know, with a brand new fever uh, and a desire to be literally the best that they can possibly be. And your AD in, in your hire, uh, you know, was, was brilliant. I think, uh, were there other programs you were looking at as far as job opportunities or did this one come to you at the right time? Yeah, I think, you know, I mean, I just, 
I, I feel really fortunate. I think timing worked. I think I wasn't really in the market, you know, I was really mm-hmm. happy at Appalachian state. Um, you know, I was working my, I had a great boss with John Mark Bentley who, you know, really did a lot to help me get this, this opportunity. Um, but when this opened up, obviously we competed against them in, in the same conference. And so I knew a lot about the university and what it stood for and, you know, and then, you know, Charleston, South Carolina isn't a bad place to live. And, um, and in, in a, in a time where, as you know, wrestling, um, is kind of trying to make its, you know, uh, I guess, you know, make its place in college athletics, you know, coming to a military academy was, was definitely exciting. You know, I think our sport really fits the fabric of this university. And, um, and so I, I wasn't really looking, but when this opportunity came up, I, I pursued it, um, you know, because a lot of those reasons. One of the things you were charged with uh, at App State was helping to lead <clears throat> fundraising efforts that, that helped you renovate the wrestling practice facility, locker rooms, et cetera. Um, and and you, were, you mentioned John Mark. He's a regular on the program. We love him. And uh, that's an easy guy to want to do well for. How difficult was attracting donors to, uh, you know, to match your goals and, and, uh, desires to better that program because it has, it was better upon your departure, uh, but really because of the effort you put forward as uh, a member of the staff there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I was fortunate. We had a great staff and, and I got there and, and, uh, you know, I think the spark was kind of lit a little bit. Um, you know, they had, he had a system up and running and, and we were able to, you know, take it and just put four years behind us as a, as a, as a group, you know, um, me, John Mark and, and then coach Rosa, mm-hmm. um, all together. And so I don't, you know, I, I mean, I guess I think, uh, maybe, maybe they, that we had a lot of success over those four years, but a lot of the work and foundation was laid prior to me getting there. And so I was able to hit the ground running. And, um, you know, I mean, it was pretty easy, you know, we won a lot of conference titles, a lot of big duels and, um, you know, we did well in the classroom and I think, um, and we were a big part of the community. And I think when you have those three things, you know, you're winning, you're doing well in the classroom and your kids are, are, are going into the community and representing themselves really well. Right. Uh, You know, people want to be part of that. Um, and we were able to get some, you know, get some real traction and, and, uh, you know, make some facility upgrades and upgrade our scholarship budget and, and do some pretty special things. Citadel is a, first of all, it's an outstanding campus. I loved every time I visited there, uh, Ryan and, and, uh, golly, there's been, you know, so many different contacts over the years, but, uh, perhaps, you know, I can come down and smell the flowers one more time because I got to tell you. That is an outstanding experience. If you've never fans, if you've never been on a, a campus of an academy, whether it's Navy or the Citadel or West Point or Air Force or the Marines, it doesn't matter where you go. It's a it's really distinct uh, atmosphere that is is not available on a traditional university campus. So, coming from Indiana, right, <laughs> and going to the Citadel, can you describe the difference between uh, going? 103 and 51 at Indiana University and then expecting the level best from your athletes at Citadel? Yeah. Um, 
And by well, the way, Indiana it, just announced Ed Ruth as the new assistant coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think Ed said, uh, I think he just announced that he's going to Illinois, So that's, um, which I thought was pretty interesting. I was, saw that get announced just the oh, other I day. It was, I thought it was Indiana. Uh, no, I think he's Illinois. Riley Lefevre, Riley, the division oh, three you're right. guy. You're right. I talked to Riley yeah. yesterday as well. He'll be on next week's show. Yeah, I got the yeah. two uh, back, backwards. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, but they're, uh, you know, I mean, I think as far as expectations, I think it's easy. You know, the one thing I'll tell you is um, we're we're blessed with with an amazing facility, amazing campus, mm-hmm. amazing town that we live in which gives you know our guys a, a pretty unique experience amen um but um the uh you know the special thing about the citadel is and they, they've got a great tradition of wrestling you know they have high standards in in their life in their daily daily routines and in, in their academics and so mm-hmm. you know i mean the young men who want to be part of our program are um eager to pursue lofty goals right and so I think it's just, I think the challenge right now is building the culture of, you know, getting the right people in and, and um, you know, teaching them how to wrestle and teaching them how to be successful from a wrestling standpoint. But I think as far as motivated individuals, I mean, I have, I mean, my team's filled with them. So I don't think, I think they're up for the challenge. I think it's on me and my staff to make sure that they have what they need. Right. Um, to accomplish their goals. You can follow them online, Citadel Wrestle. Uh, and on Twitter, or excuse me, Twitter and Instagram at Citadel Wrestling on Facebook as well. Stay in touch with what's going on down there in South Carolina. I guarantee you, you'll be as enthusiastic about the program as I am, and even more so now with a great new head coach. The job in front of him obviously will continue, just like it does for any head coach out there, uh, and that's chasing great athletes, making sure that they, those that are on campus are doing the job they need to do, getting the help, the tools, as you described, Brian, uh, that they need to be successful. And after all, isn't that the whole pursuit of higher education? You, um, you were, was it exercise science? Your math or your yeah. bachelor's? Yeah. But then you went on yep. during your time at SUNY Cortland state university of New York, Cortland. Um, you got a, uh, master's in sports management. Mike Moyer is always talking about, uh, our head coaches becoming CEOs of their program. And that makes them more valuable to an athletic department. It makes them more valuable to the wrestling community. Would you say that's true? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Mike, uh, you know, Mike got me into the CEO leadership Academy through the NWCA, which I was a participant while I was like finishing up my master's degree at SUNY Cortland. And, um, you know, I think that's, you know, I think that's, after finishing up my first year, I can tell you, uh, you know, I think he's spot on. I think, you know, it's, uh, somebody told me something funny the other day. They said, it's one thing to be part of a decision. It's, it's another thing to, to be the one making the decision. Right. Right. right, And so, you know, and I think that's the biggest difference between an assistant coach and a head coach. And, um, I think you have to make decisions fast. Right. So, uh, I think Mike is spot on. I think what he's doing to develop young coaches, you know, I'm I'm a product of that system that the NWCA created, and you know, I'm I'm fortunate. You know, I was I was really fortunate to be able to go through that and have a system like that in place. Um, and that's you know, 
in in large part thanks to Mike and what the NWCA has done. I could not agree with you more. It seems to me Mike has been looking down the road a little further than most, uh, planning ahead for what the what could affect the sport in a big way in a short period of time. But that um, that program he's got, you know, is is so well. Uh, serviced by the wrestling community and the wrestling community received so much for it and it's products just like you. Um, I have to ask you about, uh, well, the fact that you were awarded the big 10 medal of honor. So you're a recipient of that award. It's one of the most prestigious in the, in conference awards in college athletics. What was that like when you were notified of that? It was first awarded by the way, in calendar year, 1915. That's a tremendous uh, tremendous story, I think. Can you describe that, uh, what it felt like? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a really special night. You know, it was our award ceremony at Indiana, and um, Dwayne Goldman, my coach, mm-hmm. who, you know, is a close friend of mine now, he uh, he called me and told me, um, you know, and, and I had no idea that I was going to get it. And, um, you know, I mean, I, it was – like anything, you know, it was a special night for me. And, and, uh, you know, I think a little, maybe a little validation, um, some of the work I put in, because I think, you know, I think I prided myself on being, you know, as good of a student as I could be and as good of a wrestler right. committed to those two things. Um, and I think that's what that award stands for. And, um, I'm just, you know, really feel like I'm lucky to be, be in 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 the group of people who receive that award to tell you the truth scott um you know i mean i just i i I scratch my head sometimes because (laughs) it's a pretty special group of people i if you go look back at all those that have been awarded uh and the recipient of the big 10 medal of honor uh you look back and it really does speak to uh, the proficiency that you've been able to gather in athletics, the proficiency uh, you've been able to put forward in scholastic work. And the evidence is, of course, in great grades, helping to raise the bar. And by the way, for those of us that uh, never did have an attempt or an ability to screw up the bell curve for everybody else, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was happy being in about a 2.829, you know, maybe at most a three-point. That's probably the only A plus I ever got. And that was at Drake University in Des Moines. But you think about it, guys like you who have the ability to carry on excellence throughout their educational uh, opportunities, um, you know, I hold in high esteem. I think it's terrific. So what can we expect uh, from uh, the conference this year uh, as as we come out of this COVID scare and for many of the realities of COVID? What can we expect from the SOCON this year? Um, I think it's an exciting time to be, you know, for the Southern Conference. I think the conference is really moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's no surprise to anybody. I think now, you know, we're putting guys, we're bringing guys to the national tournament who can really compete, you know, and, and we've got a lot of new coaches. Um, you know, we have a new face here and Campbell and Davidson and um, BMI. And, um, you know, we're, uh, I, I think, I think we'll, uh, it'll be an interesting year. Everybody comes back as, you know, I think next year college wrestling is just going to be a lot of fun from a fan's too. perspective. <laughs> I mean, you get everybody back in, in our conference is no different than any other conference. All the, all the names are coming back for another, another year. And, um, you know, I, I think, 
I hope it's some exciting wrestling. You know, I hope we see as an entire conference, a lot of guys who are able to go deep in the national tournament and have success and represent, you know, the Southern conference. Well, so I got to ask, um, your wife, Morgan, how, how excited yeah. was she for this move? Because you, you leave a great place in Boone, right? But then you head down to all the beauty that is Charleston. Talk to us a little bit about uh, that decision, because it can't be just you that makes the decision. She's got to be a part of that, right? Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's Scott, I mean, it's funny. So we uh, every time we wrestled the Citadel, I'd always make an, an extended weekend. Me and Morgan would stay an extra day. And, mm. and my wife, when we first met, you know, she told me that her dream was to, you know, to live in a beach town. And, um, and I told her, you know, when we, before we got engaged, I, you know, I just kind of like, Hey, you know, I really want to be a wrestling coach. That's what I really think I'm meant to do. And, um, and I'll just tell you, like, in my experience, I'm from the Northeast, you know, most wrestling programs are located in tiny little college towns in the Northeast where it's pretty darn cold. And, uh, you know, she, she's like, you know, she was, she was on board. She, she, she kind of bought into that. And, um, you know, lo and behold, we, we, I get the opportunity to sit it out. So she was, uh, you know, really excited as far as college programs. I think we're the only one that's located on a beach. I mean, <laughs> we live five minutes from a co- two different, two different beaches. And, um, and, you know, I mean, it's an awesome place to live. And she was really, really excited. And, um, you know, we're settling in now, which has been really nice. You know, it's crazy for me. I remember the first time I was on campus and, uh, they had me at a hotel, uh, down at the marina. Okay. And there are the sounds at night when I open up the windows, the hotel is beautiful hotel, but all these boats, just the rigging, um, of the, on the mass and, and all that making all that racket, (laughs) (laughs) but I took long walks there. I really enjoyed my time, enjoyed my visits as well. I thought you were going to have a story about the waves crashing that kept me awake in, in my first, seagulls. Yeah. I was working in Miami and the waves <laughs> kept me awake. So I had to close really? the windows. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they literally have apps for your phone where you listen to that stuff at night to help you. Sleep, I tried. Scott. I can't do that either. Okay. <laughs> uh, LeBlanc is, and by the way, you're no relation to Matt, right? No, I just want to be no. clear on that. <laughs> Anyway, Ryan, it's good talking with you. Congratulations on the uh, uh, new position. And uh, I think Mike did a great job in your hire. And I'm looking forward to the changes and the differences you'll be making as the head coach. Good job out of you, sir. Thanks, Scott. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on today. We'll do it again soon. I promise you that. Perfect. There we go. Ryan LeBlanc, head coach of the Citadel Bulldogs. And uh, what a great story. If you want an education in our sport, you check out the history of the academies and their wrestling programs, and you're going to understand why those wrestlers that compete for the academies are so diligent in their appreciation for their experience. It's an unbelievable experience. And if you are considering, check out Citadel online at Citadel Sports. Stay tuned. There's more USA Takedown as we continue. Final interview coming up next. We'll be back after this. This is ESPN Radio. USA Takedown is brought to you by Barbarian Apparel and Kaldenberg's PBS Landscaping. Stay tuned. More USA Takedown after this short time out. I'd worked for all my life and I had to start again. 
just my children and my wife. I thank my lucky stars to be living here today. Cause the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away. All right, welcome back to the show. It is USA Takedown, and yeah, it's Fourth uh, of July weekend. We all celebrate in a variety of different ways, but none more patriotic than Mr. Lee Greenwood. He'll be uh, appearing tonight at uh, the Jefferson um, Wild Rose Casino, and uh, we're efforting to get the GM on uh, for a quick uh, update on tickets and ticket availability. Uh, see what's out there, what has been uh, made available to the public, even at last minute. They're looking for, I think, a total of 1,000, maybe 1,100 uh, of your closest friends that will be joining us uh, at the concert. I know Gladys Van Dyke will be there. Leroy most definitely will be there, the Hall of Famer himself. But let's go to uh, Travis Dvorak, General Manager, Wild Rose Casino in Jefferson, and he's been at every one of the facilities in the family. But I tell you what, he's doing a remarkable job becoming a part of the incredible community that is Green County in Iowa. He joins us now. Travis, good morning. Good morning. Happy early 4th. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And uh, by the way, welcome welcome back to the uh, <laughs> Wild Rose Casino Studios. <laughs> it's always nice to be home, isn't it? It is. It certainly is. Well, the big news out there a few weeks ago was that you added uh, a one night and one night only with Lee Greenwood. And uh, I got to ask, what are tickets uh, like right now? Do you have any available? We got about 100 available. We got some walk ins today. We'll probably sell it out probably close to showtime. So uh, there are still some tickets available, and we opened up some VIPs. So we still have, uh, we opened up a row, third row, oh, wow. for, uh, some VIPs. If you, those are interested and want to pay the extra amount to get right up close, I mean, you're going to be within. 10 feet of the guy. That's how close it'll be. So tickets are available. You go to our website and uh, order them now. If you, if you show up at the time of the concert, you, they may or be, may not be there. Yeah, or you, or you can head out now and enjoy the great gaming action that started at, what, 10 this morning? 10 o'clock this morning, and it's a beautiful day. It's a good day for a beautiful drive. We're coming out. Um, we're going to be a part of the fight experience uh, coming up in July, a little later on in July. What, the 16th, 17th, we'll be joining you there. Uh, it'll be my first opportunity to stay in the hotel since it's reopened. And it's been completely remodeled. It's basically a brand new hotel at this point, and it is beautiful. They had a grand opening last week, and uh, you see all the all the upgrades, and, and uh, it, it was beautiful to begin with, and they just made it even better. Travis Dvorak, our guest on the Defense Soap Newsmaker Hotline. This portion of the show brought to you by our friends at Barbarian Apparel. We appreciate them so very much. Nobody's been along for the ride in support of the sport of wrestling, quite like Wild Rose Casino. Tom Timmons voiced his concern and uh, uh, belief in what we do a long time ago. Well, you've taken that mantle uh, to heart. You recently had um, Kevin Dresser, the head coach of Iowa State, in to talk to the Rotary. What was that like? You know, first I need to thank you for that. It was because of you, Scott, that that, that happened. Um, Very welcome. I gave a call to you. You gave a call to him, and five minutes later, we got it all done. It was, I mean, I know Kevin Dresser's good at taking people down and pinning them, but I don't know if he even does that <laughs> that quickly. Yeah, it doesn't mess around, does it? <laughs> he, he, still holds the state, still holds the school record in Humboldt for the most takedown and pins. I found out. Yeah. 
Um, but no, that was great. He come to Rotary here in Jefferson, and Rotary does a lot of great causes. And he had a great speech. By the time he got done, even my 47-year-old uh, heavyweight body was ready to go out and hit the mat. <laughs> as long as I'm not wrestling him, I might be okay. But, boy, that guy, you can just see that Iowa State is going to be a program for a long time. They are going to be contenders for years and years and years. I mean, they've got one of the best in the business coaching that team right now. So many folks in uh, in small communities, smaller communities like Jefferson, but in, in really in Greene County, the Rotary is so highly respected and well attended. What was attendance like for the event? Uh, we had probably about 40 people, which is good. Normally our Rotary is about 20 or 30, but when they found that he came in, we had more people show up. <laughs> um, small community, I mean, uh, Jefferson's only about 5,000 people. The county's about 10,000 people. It is really heartland rural Iowa. And uh, Dresser loves Heartland Rural Iowa, as evidenced by his history in Humboldt. Uh, we're going to be doing an event up there coming up with Iowa State and Purdue. Yeah. And uh, as be t- two uh, Humboldt guys, uh, two head coaches, uh, one from Purdue, one from Iowa State, agreeing to, to have a match at their high school. And I, I just love that. You know, that wrestling has a really good opportunity to relive, you know, those moments, that history that they share. Our, our guest, Travis Dvorak, tickets are available. You want to get there early. If you want to do something patriotic this weekend, sure. You hear the fireworks commercials and all that, great. But if you want to hear the song that the nation has uh, embraced as the, the the unofficial anthem, okay? I think it's an official an- anthem. But uh, hearing him do the song that has been done a lot of different ways, and some by him, by the way, uh, where he's got a military version that includes members of the military performing with him uh, and other versions. And you can Google it, but I encourage you, if you have the opportunity, the time, and 30 bucks, get out to Wild Rose Casino tonight. Uh, doors are at what time, and what time is the concert scheduled to start? Doors open at 7, concert starts at 8. It's, a lot of times we get some stragglers, and sometimes we might open, we might Hold off five ten just so everybody can come in. You know, if it's, if it's, if we see people are coming in, we're not gonna pull the wool underneath their or the rug underneath their feet. We'll go ahead and wait five ten minutes so everybody's ready. But um, it's perfect. I mean, God bless Wells Fargo. They do a great job in deploying. But you got to park blocks away here. You're just in the parking lot. You park and you're in your seat within five minutes. And you got your car. So I mean, you can't beat that. No. And no. the worst seat in the house is not that far away. We're not that big. We're gonna have about about eight hundred people here. Okay. Um, every seat's a good seat, so and you can't beat it. Um, you, God bless Wells Fargo, all they do, but you, they can't beat that. And for this, that's the boot. No, it's, and it's a good... I should add, um, he was, uh, he was performing the other day, and he's still performing, and someone told me they heard him a couple months ago, and Lee Greenwood sounds just as good as ever, so you're getting 100% Greenwood here. You're not getting an older guy who's lost his, who's lost his touch. He has not lost his touch whatsoever. When you are with Gladys today, I would like you yes. to bring up a potential uh, headliner for you for the green room. Okay, that would be Stallone. No, Frankie. Frank Stallone. There he is. Yes. Yes. What do you think? I've heard good things about him. He might be. He might be the better brother. He. he... <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Yes. No. Um, don't I... tell. Don't tell his brother I said that because I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> well. 
he's he's much smaller in real life than yeah. Just uh, between you and me and all the people listening, of course. Yeah, I, I, and knowing um, Frank uh, or having met him, not knowing him, but and then watching the uh, the documentary on I think it's Netflix, but there's it, it is called Stallone Frank. That is okay. Um, I think you find out the struggles he's had being the brother of Sylvester Stallone. Okay. And he's very dedicated to his family, uh, outstanding performer. And he harkens back to, a, a, a Sinatra esque, uh, type of a performer and performance on stage. Got a great band, but, uh, I think that would be a fun excursion for you guys bringing in somebody like that as well. You always have great entertainment opportunities. And just now we're starting to rebuild that effort, uh, on a national sense uh, coming out of the COVID crisis. Um, are you seeing that there are more acts available? They're coming up, uh, you know, these entertainers talking to them. They've been, a lot of people got hurt by this pandemic. And, Big time. And I, it's not a contest, but a lot of people have been hurt. And entertainers have well because they haven't been able to perform. And and so they're hungry to get out. They love to perform. And so Lee Greenwood, he contacted us via Glass Van Dyke. And he's now getting out there. And so, yeah, it's. And it, it, it's good for us because Iowa's a little bit more open. Some other states, other states are starting to open, but a lot of these event centers are hesitant to commit. Right. But, uh, luckily for us, we can commit. So there are entertainers that want to get out because there's people who want to be entertained. And luckily in areas like ours, we can we can fulfill that. And, and you know, it's the vision, I think, of Gary Kirk is, is to be able to bring, uh, the you know, uh, that crazy big city fund that people envision uh, Las Vegas, for example, but having a great uh, experience at the casino level is so very important. Um, and people talk about payouts at machines or on the tables or what have you. Whatever your gaming uh, desires are, it can normally be satisfied at Wild Rose Casino. So many folks come and are regulars too, but they come in because they have a good time. The, the atmosphere there is, uh, first of all, great staff, okay? Uh, great food. People talk about the food at Coach, Coach's Corner all the time. And, uh, I think, I think that tradition continues no matter where you are. It's always there. I love it. So tickets are available for the Lee Greenwood. Let's move on to the fight. I was talking with Johnny case, uh, a few days ago, he's looking forward to, uh, making what will be his Jefferson debut, right? Yes. He was here a few years ago for a meet and greet and autographs, but this is his first fight in Jefferson since, um, probably since he was a young kid. So, right. Yeah, this is a homecoming. He's going to be fighting main event from his home crowd. Um, we're getting a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement. I think this is going to sell out. Monty has just keeps telling me how how surprised he is of how much interest there is in this with this boxing, kickboxing one. So, um, and Johnny Case is a big reason for it. You know, and, and and I think for many, this is stretching the traditional boundaries of what mixed martial arts is, right? And you're adding back in. Uh, the magic that boxing once enjoyed, okay? Let's face it, it's not the same as it used to be, but we are building back in some of these specialty fights where we're seeing guys do kickboxing and boxing. And uh, Monty has put his finger, every time he does this, you know, whether he was uh, writing about baseball or soccer yeah. or, or boxing, you know, he, he recognized boxing at the time as being his calling. Uh, and then he switched to mixed martial arts and he gathered up the greatest of athletes in the sport. Now we're starting to see guys 
trying to spread uh, out their opportunities in their careers, okay, uh, by becoming a kickboxer, not just a mixed martial artist, but a kickboxer, or even going a little further with the opportunity of putting on heavier gloves and boxing. I think it's a unique mix, and I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of it. Agree or disagree? I'm going to agree with you for a couple reasons. One, we did we did a kickboxing event a couple of years ago mm-hmm. um, because you found a lot of MMA fighters, they use kickboxing as part of their arsenal. So right. somebody like Johnny Case is probably really good at the ground because he was a high school wrestler, um, probably wants to do some kickboxing to add to his grappling and mixed martial arts. So you see a lot of MMA people wanting to do kickboxing because it helps their MMA career. Right. Um, and I, I don't know if Johnny Cage, he's probably a good striker to begin with, so I don't want him to come here and punch me or anything like that, but um, <laughs> he doesn't need to prove me how good a striker he is. But, you know, this is for them to work on one element, right? right. If they're good, it'd be even better. If they're better, good, even better than that. Um, so that's where you get a lot of MMA. We've got Johnny Cage coming in. We've got, um, oh, well, the former UFC fighter I, out of Council Bluffs, Jeremy Horn. He's Jeremy coming. Horn. He's going to be kickboxing as well, and he still has fast feet. But the other thing that Monty was telling me, and Monty's been doing MMA for 20, 30 years. He's, what, the longest-running uh, organization outside of UFC. Right. He's in the Hall of Fame as a UFC, as a, as a MMA promoter and manager. So he's been there, right? And he is seeing this resurgence, not just kickboxing, but boxing as well. And it's, it's interesting how sports kind of have their ebbs and tides, and they come and go. Well, I think you're starting to see boxing bringing back its popularity again I agree at least at local level so he is just he said he's really surprised of how much interest and in, that he is seeing this is going to probably be our most sold out event this boxing kickboxing event compared to our mma and i think that's just showing that how the tides are rolling right now i couldn't agree with you more and leave it up to our friends at wild rose to understand it, embrace it, endorse it, and promote it. I love it. I will be proud to be there yet again. Be good to see you. And I'm really looking forward to uh, the concert tonight. I know the fans are going to have a great time, but it's got to be a real plus for you and your staff to be able to present this type of a show in the Lee Greenwood concert. Lee Greenwood, 4th of July weekend. You can't beat that. You can't. <laughs> are there are there any events that you can reveal to us that Ooh. you personally are looking forward to? I, well, this one, of course. Yes. Um, I mean, it's just, especially 4th of July. Lee Greenwood, any day is a good day, but 4th of July weekend, even better. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Hotel California coming up in, in, August, in September. Um, for those who know them, they're they're a cover band for the Eagles, and they're they're, I want to say, just as good. They're the they're almost as good. They're, they're about as good, and they're a very, very close second. I don't want to undermine the Eagles, but Hotel California, <laughs> they're about as close as you're going to get. They're, they've got their own following. Um, after that, in September, we're also going to have an outdoor concert with Arch Allies. They do Ooh. a lot of uh, 80s cover band stuff, and we, every time we get them, they sell out. So I expect that to be a good one. And if it's outside, I don't like going outside, having a couple of beverages and listening. Maybe solid. That probably shows my age. I love it. Love it. Um, and then we're going to be working on some other stuff. We haven't looked too much, but we're going to start looking at some stuff this winter. Maybe we'll have that that one stone home brother that's arguably better or not. And then uh, I know we're going to bring back one night of Queen next year when the guy gets back from Scotland. It'll be fun. We're looking forward to being there with you. We're going to take um, a little green, Lee Greenwood and play it to the end of the show, top of the hour. Appreciate that opportunity as well. Thank you so much, and I'll look forward to seeing you, buddy. 
I look forward to having you. Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Lee Greenwood in concert tonight. Get your tickets now. Don't wait. Maybe 100 tickets left. Want to make sure you get your fill of a real 4th of July experience. For all of us at USA Takedown, for Kara Jones, I'm Scott Casper speaking. Thanks for listening to USA Takedown on ESPN. If tomorrow all the things were gone, I'd work for all my life. And I had to start again With just my children and my wife I thank my lucky stars To be living here today Cause the flag still stands for freedom And they can't take that away And I'm proud to be an American Today, cause there ain't no doubt I love.